Welcome to Financial Solutions with Dr. Nicole. Financial solutions for what your everyday issues may or may not be. You're going to tell me all of the issues that you may have, and we're going to write a prescription just for you. The doctor's session is in order. I must confess that this particular show really hits home, resonates in my own spirit because by nature, I am a servant. Today, we have Tanisha Muse and Dr. DeLacy Davis that are participating with us. What do you do when your acts of service affects your savings? I know how that feels automatically. And so I want to say welcome to, Tanisha, um, to you, Tanisha. Thank you for joining me at the Financial Solutions with Dr. Nicole. I know that you have a heart of a servant. And so I really wanted to delve into that. Please share with us some of the acts of service that you've been able to do over the years. Okay. So first, I am I work with a community garden in North Philly uh, called Sanctuary Farms. Um, I started out as a volunteer. Uh, I, I function as an advisory board member now. Um, in addition to volunteering, we uh, hold... We, we invite the community to participate in farming, but we also provide food over co over the COVID. We provided, I believe, 150 families over with food for free, um, with, with uh, fresh produce for free. Um, so I'm excited to be a part of that. I am a doula and a birth worker. I'm a breastfeeding peer counselor. Um, I really volunteer. I'm formally trained. I used to have paid clients, um, but because, well, now I just really help when people ask me questions uh, here and there, and I just help however I can. Sometimes I get paid, sometimes I don't. Um, and then uh, what else? Um, I work with a couple of women's organizations, uh, rights, uh, rights of passage, uh, help women that way. And I have my own thing that I haven't formalized yet, but it's called Yas Healing Labs. And I help people uh, schedule the life that they want. And I kind of help them hold space and pro process information with, with when people might not go to therapy. I don't function as a therapist, but I try to give them information to help them find small solutions or um, small solutions for the problems that they think are big and just help them navigate to where they are and identify if they should continue, you know, if, if they should really seek out therapy and just try to encourage people to get, get help. And I got to tell you that by itself is a lot already. And so, you know, how often have you found yourself sacrificing your own needs, your own wants, your own goals to be able to help someone who seems to be in a more challenging position than you? So I am improving on that behavior <laughs> and working on saving myself first. Um, but I do, I uh, I feel like I sacrifice time more than I sacrifice money. Um, and uh, I am much better at it for the, for COVID, the last two COVID years, I have been concentrating on uh, focusing on myself and I hate to say it, but I mean, it's, COVID has kind of been a blessing for me because it has carved out space for me to be able to do that and to get paid for some of the things like to, to pay, get 
get paid for some of the things that I like to do. So, um, and help people at the same time. So that's been good. Well, let's dig into that. You said since COVID, it's kind of been a blessing for you. And so what are some of the small shifts and adjustments that you've already made? Okay. So I went from uh, working outside the house to working inside the house full time. So that decreases my expenses from going from traveling and commuting. Um, I also was able to participate. Uh, I'm a healthcare worker too. So I was um, allowed the opportunity to be on a volunteer program. It was a paid volunteer. It was volunteer that you didn't have to work. You, you know, you had, you can volunteer to sign up, but I was a part of the community COVID vaccine clinic. And so we traveled and we gave about 800 vaccines to people who would not have come to the clinical setting to get a vaccine. So, and we were invited. We did not impose ourselves. We were invited by churches and community centers. And that was very rewarding and financially rewarding too. So it worked out. Um, And it was awesome because some of those community, well, it wasn't a lot of, uh, Black people <laughs> working in those, in that it was a, you know, so it was nice for the community um, to see Black people doing it. Um, and that was kind of cool. That was very cool. <laughs> so now you're looking for a shift. Let's make it economic. What type of um, tangible goals would you like to see happen um, by the end of 2022? Tangible goals formalize Yas Healing Lab as an LLC, um, not use my 401k as an emergency fund, but actually save up cash for an emergency fund. Um, and I would like, my goal is to save at least $1,600 this year and possibly, um, yeah, stop using the 401k for emergency fund and formalize L- um, Yas Healing Lab as an LLC. Now, one final question. I know that you have um, stepped out of the box and you found yourself having to work two additional jobs that would compensate you duly uh, overall in being able to do that in addition to your primary job. Have you felt the impact of um, your ability to save with those additional resources? And have you had to sacrifice your service as a result of that? And if so, how did that make you feel? Um, so... I, it has been a big transition. Um, I know that it's going to pay off in the long run. Uh, um, unfortunately, I have had, I got COVID this year and it highly impacted me because I couldn't work um, for a little bit, but it's going to be easier to recover than if I didn't have the things in place already. So um, once I catch up by this month, I believe I'll be caught up by this month. I can use the rest of the year for savings. So, um, and I have served enough <laughs> and I, I believe that uh, I've done my, I've done my duty and I, I'll serve better when I'm in a better financial place. So I think it's time for me to write a prescription for you. I do want to encourage you to um, really find the balance in your life. I'm very proud of you for um, the work that you have been able to do thus far uh, overall, but 
here are some things that will really make economic sense for you. Uh, it's going to be challenging to keep three jobs over the duration of time. And then you're going to find yourself uh, struggling and really um, falling short overall. That's typically what happens when someone takes on this, but you are committed to changing your financial future. And that's a wonderful thing. So I want to commend you not only for your service, but your recognition that, you know what, I need to do something differently. Mm -hmm. uh, the first thing that I think you need to do is to create a comprehensive budget. The reason why you want to create the comprehensive budget and do a comparative to pre-COVID. And the reason why is because now that you're working home, you identified that there are some expenses you no longer have. And so we can utilize those um, resources that you had had in the past that went out. We can utilize those as your savings mechanism. I, I think that you've done um, something phenomenal. You've increased your 401k contributions as you have given me information in advance of this meeting. And then you allocated additional 4% of your salary towards the pensions uh, that you have. So you are really taking measurable steps. The next thing that you want to do is uh, identify how much money do you have to allow you to pay off the debt that you have. We didn't identify your or, um, you know, speak of the debt that you have now, but you know that there's a net dollar amount that you have. Take the dollar amounts of all three um, incomes that you have each month. And then how many times do you get paid from month to month? How many paychecks do you have? And you want to take that net amount of what it is that will reduce your debt. And then you want to take that $1,600 that you want to accumulate by the end of 2022 you want to add those numbers together, and then you want to identify how many actual paychecks you're going to receive between now and the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Once you've identified that, you take that number, and that's how much you have to earmark towards your savings and your reduction of debt. Okay. And if you can achieve that particular goal, you'll find yourself in a much stronger position financially for 2022. Now, I want you to also begin to do another thing. As you're looking at this, you may see that there are resources elsewhere. And wherever those resources elsewhere may be, then you may stagger up how much it is that you have a desire to save. There's some other areas in which we know that you want to identify in terms of um, formulating your business. You want to try to do that sooner than later. At the beginning of the year, whenever we go and we file our income tax returns, most Americans receive a a refund overall. Make the investment into you because mm -hmm. your ability to serve can be monetized. And you don't want to have to give up on what it is that you're committed to doing, what you love to do. You just want to strategically reallocate your time and, and ensure that at least there's some economic benefit for what it is that you're doing. So I, I don't want you to think, oh, I can't do this anymore because it has been what has driven you all of this time. So if you're able to structure your business in a for-profit manner, then there may be some expenses that were associated with your service that now can be a part of a reasonable and customary in your ordinary course of business for your ability to continue to serve. And so you'll be able to have the best of the world, um, best of both worlds. Because one thing that I always say to individuals is if money were not an issue, what would you be doing with your life? 
you found your passion. You found where it is that uh, you can have an impact in the world. And you don't want to take away from this. But I do want to commend you to ensure that you are starting to save and you're doing it aggressively. And I think that you have um, all of the tools and things necessary in order to achieve the goals. And then each year, make sure you look at it and then stagger it up from year to year. And you'll find yourself really on the pathway to financial freedom. Now, do you have any questions for the financial doctor, Denise? Um, I think you answered everything. Um, I think you answered everything. Um, yeah, thank you. No problem. I appreciate it. And listen, keep on serving. I love the heart of a servant. And we're in the same position. Coming up next is a, a very dear friend of mine. I, I, I call him one of the five. You ought to have five individuals in your life um, that really showed you a mirror of who it is that, that you are, what it is that you do. Uh, none other than Dr. DeLacy Davis uh, has been uh, an amazing individual uh, that I have known and a true servant. And uh, I wanna welcome him to Financial Solutions with Dr. Nicole today. Hey, DeLacy, I'm gonna call you DeLacy because we go way back, but do but respect, Dr. DeLacy Davis <laughs> is your name. How are you today, sir? I'm fine. I'm above ground. I will not complain. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to have you on today because one, we met well over 20 years ago, um, yeah, just yeah. shy of 9-11. And I, I want you to know people we met Prior to 9-11, in conversation, we met face-to-face -face after 9-11. And so we went out to this really amazing Italian restaurant, and we had a conversation, and it was all about service. And so I want you to tell the audience Jesus. what it is that you said to me when I said, I would like to do some collaboration together. I said that you would have to give back to the community, that I would not be a vessel for folks to come through me to get to my community and take from the community and not give anything back. And that was how I conditioned um, our relationship with most people that I met as strangers who wanted access to the community. And you blew the doors off, but that was certainly what I said coming in, that you need to give something back. And so, you know, it's not that I wasn't committed to giving back, but you had the heart of the servant back then. And service has always been um, very important to you and you've protected the community in such a way. I want you to just share with our audience, um, where did that come from? What made you really take the trajectory of being the community advocate? So I think that you know, my parents have always given. My mom uh, took kids in from the streets. My dad took people in from the streets. We always had someone living with us. My mother raised about eight or nine people from the community. Everybody became a cousin. So that's all I've known. I think also because my grandmother got the family run out of the South into the North because of her mouth and because they thought she'd get everyone killed. And so we know that when we made the transition from the South to the North, our families, we always took, a, took care of Southerners coming up here. And so it was just a part of what I grew up seeing and understood to be normal. Wow. So one of the things that and reasons why I wanted to have you on today is because I've seen you take in individuals uh, from all walks of life, different ages, and I've seen you sacrifice. So again, you're a close friend of mine. And I know when you've been going through some challenges and when serving the community has not always been economically beneficial. I want you to talk about, if you don't mind, uh, some of the most challenging times in your life where you never stopped serving, but it sure did hurt you in your pocketbook. Oh, absolutely. Hi. I think <laughs> it's here, right? 
I think uh, when I was terminated from a position, well, I was retired from the police department and they blocked my pension for 10 months. They literally refused to release it after 20 years of service. And I had to fight and sue them to get my pension released. So for 10 months, I had no income and I had bills that were still coming in and trying to figure out how to survive. So that was the first time. The second time I was terminated from a position of a school leader at a, at a public school. And again, I had no income and I was terminated illegally. So I had to sue and it took two years before I could be made whole once again under those circumstances through the courts. And so through all of that, I continued to provide service to my community. I continued to maintain black cops against police brutality. I continued, you know, with your help, um, not to touch the, the, um, the insurance and savings that was put in place because I certainly wanted to cash out and you fought with me and, and adamantly refused to let me just go and do it. And so I just, I just had the ghost of Pastor Nicole on my shoulder saying, don't touch that money, leave it there. And I'm glad that I listened because I mean, at the time I needed it, but it was absolutely beneficial and it has benefited me and my family and it will benefit us in the long run. Somewhere along the line, um, a few years ago, you decided to pursue your doctorate and we kind of went to school at the same time. So, um, you know, just share that level of journey and how did you expect that to um, really bolster your ability to focus on your own personal savings? Certainly. So I, I felt that getting my doctorate would be value added. And so I got an education doctorate, St. John Fisher College, Rochester, New York. I went to school every other weekend for three years, two and a half years, and came out of there with flying colors. But I also was a social justice school. So I pursued um, research in police use of force, examining factors relating to police officers shooting unarmed black males. And because I knew when I formed Black Cops Against Police Brutality in 1991, as, as hateful as this sounds, I knew that I had found a niche market. Yeah. Because as long as there were black people in this country, other folks were going to lynch us, including other black people in law enforcement. So I felt that a doctorate would open up doors that Sergeant DeLacy Davis could not get through because I made people uncomfortable, particularly black, brown and Caucasian people. So I felt pursuing my doctorate would open doors. Uh, my research would be accepted and I would then be able to increase my revenue stream because I would have other options, which has come to pass which is what I want to talk about now, as you find yourself as Dr. DeLacy Davis, uh, you know, and you have been committed to serving the community, even at your own economic costs and at the um, risk of what you were able to do for yourself. Now you're at this cusp of a new opportunity of increased income earnings and savings. Where would you like to see yourself, not only by the end of 2022, but really, you know, going beyond that in the future overall? So I think overall, we, we want to be comfortable, right? As I say before, we don't want to be rich. You just want to be comfortable. Um, you want to have limited overhead. Uh, you want to have diversified revenue and revenue streams and, and passive income. And, 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 and ultimately, for me, the one challenge is paying off my student loans, So which happens to most college students. And, and we're, I think we've taken a big chunk out of it. But that's one of the goals, um, to pay that off. And then finally, I think to save, to renovate um, my basement because I think that we're gonna have more pandemics and families are gonna to need to double up and bunk up and I need to create more space to do this work as well as to make sure my family's okay. So I'm gonna give you a financial prescription. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if 
hope you guys understood. Uh, Delacy and I go, when I tell you that our lives mirror each other, so it's almost always the advice that I need to give to him, I ought to take for myself. Because if <laughs> anyone was paying attention, Delacy, you basically said, well, I'm going to keep on serving. I just need to increase my income so that I can keep on serving. <laughs> so that's, that's where we come from uh, overall. And that's probably why you're one of my best friends. And I absolutely love you for it. And so here's the prescription that I have for you, um, given that we are in the same boat, we have the same parameters overall. Well, first of all, I know the first thing you're not going to do, you're never going to stop serving. So we thank God for that. And, um, you know, one of the things that I do love is that uh, the Lord is our provider. Uh, but we do have to use a wisdom mm-hmm. in the decisions that we make moving forward. So let's just tackle the student loans first. And oftentimes when you get student loans, you have um, both what's called subsidized and unsubsidized loans. And so begin to prioritize by looking at the interest rate that are on your student loans and start to tackle uh, as you have the ability to do, and I'll talk about that in a moment, unsubsidized higher interest rate loans first and foremost, because you're really committed to getting rid of that level of liability and debt. And so if you tackle it that way, then it minimizes the dollar amount and the compounded interest that can transpire over a period of time. And so you want to be able to do that. I would also caution you to look for a moment and see where the United States is going to come in in the next few years to see what level of student debt is going to be wiped out. Because you don't want to be one of those individuals, and I'm talking to myself as well, uh, where we pay off all of this student loan debt, and then this present administration turns around and say, I'm going to go ahead and get rid of $50,000 worth of debt. Yes. Upset. So make sure that... um, you're doing that as well. The other thing is that you were able to set up, um, you know, your own consulting firm. And that consulting firm is um, a great revenue generator, but it is also a beneficial tax conduit for you. And that's the one thing that uh, uh, when you continue to increase your earnings potential and you continue to, um, you know, go throughout the country, you're going to get what's as 1099 income. You've Mm -hmm. got to be very careful about um, being able to shift some of the things that you do naturally now, you know, into and through the business that you have as long as it's reasonable and customary in your ordinary course of business. And so you have an opportunity to really uh, look at some of the things that Dr. DeLacy Davis has always done and will continue to do and see how we can shift that over into your business overall so that it becomes a viable expense. What that does is it reduces your tax liability in the current year. And then what you're able what you're able to do is have a greater net worth over time. The next thing that you want to do is start setting up retirement vehicles for yourself. Uh, what you did not say, but I do know this, is that you do work in addition to that for a nonprofit organization. And so <laughs> you have the benefit of uh, that traditional W-2 income. And so now is a perfect opportunity to begin to maximize and max out on your retirement savings through that channel because you have other income coming in. And because of what your age is, you're about to hit a milestone age. Happy birthday to you sooner than later, or at least in 2022. Uh, What you'll be able to do is increase your savings through retirement. And again, because of the position that you find yourself in now, your ability to to earn income will supplement what that W-2 income is. So stack away as much as possible through that channel 
flow so that it's you won't even feel it. It'll just come right out. It'll go right into your um, retirement plan and make sure that you have a growth oriented. And then mm-hmm. here's the last thing. There are, there are individuals that even in retirement, because you've already retired from one career and you've already pensioned out, um, you know, as, as, as in the police department, uh, you know, you have the opportunity that you'll never stop working. You'll never right. stop serving and you'll never stop working because there's always a need for what it is that you bring to the table, i.e. because of your niche market, unless police brutality and we're working, but the wheels of justice is turning ever so slowly. Um, but as long as black bodies are being spread out across, you know, the country um, at the hands of police officers, there is always a need for Dr. DeLacy Davis. And so in your ability to always work, remember that, you know, you do have that level of balance where your income is controllable by you. Continue to serve. Now, do you have any questions for me? I do. And because there's been this, um, you know, the um, Russia has attacked and waged war on Ukraine. The markets have gone crazy. Yes. And so I I wonder what your recommendation is relative. Obviously, the traditional markets have depressed and some people buy while they're down and others wait for them to go a little lower. But also, what are your thoughts relative to cryptocurrency? Because I know that those markets have bottomed out. Ah, (laughs) so... Um, relative to the first question, I think anytime people are systematically investing in for new investors, it is absolutely um, um, worthwhile that if you're a new investor, you want to go into the market while the market is down. But if every individual is operating according to systematic investments, you'll find yourself in a more profitable position as long as you can invest over the long term. You will find it to be advantageous for you. As it relates to cryptocurrency, you're not going to like my answer, but I have to give it to you publicly in Anyway, uh, as a certified financial planner and one that is Series 76365 license, <laughs> the one area in which we cannot advise on is cryptocurrency. <laughs> so I'm going to stick to the rules and the regulations. Um, what gets me paid week in and week out, and we'll have that conversation offline. Any other questions, Dr. No, D? I think you've been wonderful. I appreciate the opportunity to come and learn and to get more insight and strategies for my future financially. Thank you, and I highly recommend you. Thank you very much. As you can see, service is very important, but it cannot be at the hands of your own financial future. There is an old saying that you've got to put the gas mask on yourself before you can go and help someone else. And the one of the most challenging uh, seasons in people's lives is to become older in life incapable of saving and investing, and then find yourselves uh, uh, wishing someone would serve you because you have not taken care of your financial future. This has been a wonderful, wonderful conversation. I hope that you guys have enjoyed Tanisha's story, as well as my friend, Dr. DeLacy Davis. And remember, it is awesome to serve. It makes you feel good. And all of those wonderful feelings and emotions helping other individuals, but you cannot serve if you cannot save even for yourself. And so we have to have the balance in our lives. Uh, If you liked what you heard here on Financial Solutions with Dr. Nicole, I invite you to come on and sit at uh, uh, the office with me. Our office hours are open and I would love to create a prescription just for you.